0: Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Bodger. Terrific. This week, we are going to look at some unpredictable, strange, and bizarre stories all involving animals. Uh, This idea kind of came to me when I was searching crazy ways people have died, and there was some animal-related ones, so I thought, this could be a fun idea. Let's roll with it. And Dave, you've got some stuff for us as well, right? Yeah. Great. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be a little different, but I think it's going to be fun. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode where we finished off our Crocodile and Alligator series. Last week was attack stories, which we uh, were sad, but very interesting and yeah. entertaining. Uh, we also go back and look at croc and gator attack statistics on it. So go back and check it out if you haven't yet. And go back and check the whole croc and gator series. Uh, I, think it, I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the most listened to episode of the series was the Gustav, which mm. uh, kind of makes sense, and I kind of figured that. Yeah, But yeah, go back and check. The Crocs and Gators were fun to do. I am a little bit kind of glad that we're done with this, so now we can move on to other things. But oh, yeah? it was it was, it was was really good, and I enjoyed it. Crocs are, it can be pretty scary sometimes. Yeah. But as always, we are joined in the studio by Colonel Cheetor. How you doing today, buddy?
1: You two jabronis better have some good stories this week.
0: I mean, I I plan on it.
1: I've got a couple here and there.
0: (laughs) The rest is up to Matt. (laughs) It's always up to Matt. But uh, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners from around the world. Thank you for following us and helping us grow, uh, helping our small cult-like following. That's what I like to think of it as. And if you enjoy the show and you want to contribute, what you can do is go to iTunes or whatever platform you use, give us a rating, give us five stars, say something you like about the show, say whatever you want, really. That doesn't matter. But give us five stars. I feel like we've been growing our audience lately, but we haven't been gaining any um, ratings and reviews. So uh, please do that if you can for us. I know it takes like 30 seconds, but it it means a lot. And that's it's really like the lifeblood of a podcast is the reviews. So the more we get and the more positive ones we get, the more popular our show gets and things just take off from there. So please do that if you can for us. But Dave, what do you say we get going with our first story? Let's do it. So, for our first story, we are going uh, to April 2016 and we are going to Indonesia. Hmm. And we meet a young woman named Irma Buell. She is 29 and she is what they call a a Dugnot singer. Yeah, Dugnot singer, Hmm. which I guess is someone who performs uh, kind of in a risque manner. And oftentimes they use snake handling as part of it. Oh, interesting. So it's like belly dancing snake charming. Yeah, I mean that's the closest thing I can go with it for. Interesting. And I guess she's been doing this since she was a child. Uh but yeah, Dengna, to my limited knowledge is like a, it's a it's kind of a music genre in Indonesia. I think I think it's like it's a street performance and then once you gain notoriety you perform on stage and you, you know your name gets oh, bigger. Okay. And it's kind of a like I said provocative of dance style which is surprising in Indonesia because most of Indonesia is Muslim. They have the highest Muslim population oh. in the world, so maybe it goes against it a little bit. And, re- yeah, res- religious conservatives don't, don't like this type of dancing. Hmm. Uh, anyway, Irma would normally dance using pythons. And this, this, type, it, this type of dancing reminds me of the movie From Dusk Till Dawn. Do you remember that? Did yeah, you ever see that? I didn't see that. One. I've a, only seen it clips. It was George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he was directing it. He he was starring in it. It's a vampire movie, but the the best scene is where smoking hot Salma Hayek is doing like a performance, and she's in like a really small bikini. She's looking good, <laughs> and uh, she's dancing with this Python. And I don't know if it's with Irma's doing is quite like that, but that's just kind of oh. what it reminded me of. Okay. Uh, oh, and then, like during the, her during her dance, she turns into this crazy-looking vampire, and, and the rest of the whole club does. It's a really cool movie. You should check it out. Huh. And they they made a TV series out of it that I watched. That was also pretty good. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. They made a TV series? What's that called? From dusk till dawn. Oh, interesting. I think you'd like that, Dave. Probably you may would. want to check that out. Yeah. Anyway, Irma is basically adding a gimmick to her uh, dancing. Which is you know which has actually become fairly popular there. This this also reminds me of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More on him later. Oh, nice. All right, but back to Irma. On the night of April fourth, she decides to come out with a king cobra instead Mm -hmm. of a python. Wow. This cobra is still venomous, not defanged, not fixed, not uh, devenomized, nothing. See. And she was performing in. Karawang, I think, West Java in Indonesia, and in the middle of her second song, she accidentally stepped on the snake's tail. Oh. The cobra then bit Irma on her right thigh.
1: Oh, no. her um, thigh? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, uh, right? that'd be
0: horrible. That's where your arteries are. Yeah, and uh, rather than seeking medical attention, uh, performing got the better of her, and she just continued singing. Whoa! Uh, witnesses say she initially didn't look affected by the bite, and even and she also refused anti venom from the snake handler who what? was right there. Why? So she just continued with her show. The show must go on, Dave. That's But true. seriously, yeah, why? Well, she could take the drink, of the antidote, provocatively. You know, <laughs> maybe she could. But uh, the uh, 45 minutes later. Uh, after she was bitten oh and there's actually video of this too Ooh. not i don't not of the initial bite uh but it's kind of what um her stumbling on stage and oh, kind of okay. pausing for a minute but then she's like Oh show must go on i gotta keep going i don't know oh. maybe that's how she felt about it but backstage she begins vomiting and having seizures oh no she was taken to a nearby hospital but dies soon oh. after her arrival
1: oh, well that's man. that's
0: showbiz for you yeah Yeah, pretty crazy story, huh? Yeah. I don't know why you would take a snake, a venomous snake on there, on the stage with you, but.
1: (laughs) Maybe someone before she walked out said the same, break a leg. Break a snake! I mean, (laughs) break a snake. (laughs) Don't do that.
0: (laughs) All right, so uh, our next story is uh, very bizarre, and it takes us to Rabat, the Rabat Zoo in Morocco. Hmm. Robot's the capital of Morocco. Okay. Uh, And this is also in 2016, July. We meet a seven-year-old girl and her father, and they are by the elephant enclosure. The father puts his young daughter on top of his shoulders so she can see better. You know, we've done that. One of the elephants picked up a stone about half the size of a brick with its trunk and threw it. Oh my goodness! The stone struck the girl on the back of the head and knocked oh, her unconscious.
1: No.
0: Visitors try helping the girl as, um, as she's on the ground, and wait for an ambulance. But the girl died later in the hospital. Oh man! Uh, an elephant expert said that elephants could throw stones or branches when they are frustrated or bored, and it's unlikely that the elephant was directly targeting the girl.
1: I mean, elephant would have a cannon
0: on him. We might want to sign it up for the major leagues, but yeah. in the outfield. See, but um, it wasn't directly targeting uh, the girl. She says you or the uh, expert says you can't predict what animals in captivity will do. Yeah. It makes sense. Or your animals in general can't yeah. predict them. Uh, the robot zoo issued a statement offering its condolences for the girl's family, but denied responsibility for her death. They add that the enclosure, which housed three elephants, complied with international standards. And it uh, said the girl's death was rare, unpredictable, and strange.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't see how it's anybody's fault that an elephant just picks up a stone and hucks it yeah. wildly. Well, I mean, I, de- I doubt the elephant was aiming for it, but that's, that's just a freak accident. Yeah. You know, so a bunch of these stories are kind of freak accidents like that. Gee. Yeah. Uh, but while we are on the subject of elephants, I found something interesting uh, I didn't, that I didn't know about, and I want I to go over it. And that's execution by elephant. Huh. Apparently, this was a thing. Wow. Execution by elephant was a common method of capital punishment in South and Southeast Asia. Particularly in India, where Asian elephants were used to crush, dismember, or torture captives in public executions. Isn't that insane? Uh, Elephants were trained to either kill victims or to
1: torture them slowly. Jeez. Maybe that elephant in the zoo was one of their... uh, One of the... (laughs) uh, Descended descended from (laughs) them. Oh, sorry. We used to stone back in the day. (laughs) But... uh, Most
0: commonly employed by royalty, the elephants were used to signify both the ruler's absolute power and his ability to control wild animals. Mm. They're trying to put that over, making them look important. Um. The intelligence, versatility, and (laughs) domesticability of the elephant uh, gave it advantages over using other wild animals like lions or tigers. Which were used by like the Romans and they've they've been used before. But elephants, it makes sense that they would be better because they can be trainable.
1: Yeah.
0: And elephants are better than horses. Horses can be trained to charge into battle, but they they won't willingly trample an enemy. Mm. And will instead try to leap over them. Elephants, no problem. They will trample people. (laughs) And elephants are like, they're really smart. They're super smart and they're very trainable. Um, we will have elephant episodes in the future, for okay. sure. We, I, I want to do an uh, episode all about African elephants and then one all about Asian elephants. Okay. And then it might be a series in its own. So all right. elephants will come up sometime. Uh, this form of capital punishment is known as Gunga Rao. Hmm. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> uh, one brutal technique used was in India as late as the 1800s. They would... Um, tie a person by a rope connected to the elephant's leg. And then the elephant, the elephant would then walk through the streets, dragging the victim behind him. Jeez. And if the prison, they did to like rebels or prisoners. And if the prisoner didn't die, the elephant would simply just crush their head under its foot. Oh my goodness. Alex elephant executions have gone on for centuries. Wow. dating back to ancient Rome in like 6 bc all the way to the early all the way to the 19th century and then oh. uh, when the british empire kind of took over parts of india they kind of abolished it and okay. got rid of it but many cultures used this practice back in the day uh, sometimes people would put weapons on the elephants like they needed it but uh, really not necessary to put weapons on yeah. them, but, uh, they would, uh, uh, cover their trunks and their hooves with blades. Jeez. <laughs> uh, and they would use that to slice open victims. Oh my goodness. Uh, in other areas like Sri Lanka, elephants were fitted with sharp metal tips on their tusks. Instead of slicing the victims, elephants would stab them and rearrange the, their organs. Oh my goodness. Isn't that... That's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. In the kingdom of Siam, uh, which is now Thailand, elephants were trained to toss victims into the air before crushing them to death. Oh, wow. Which is pretty easy for them to do, honestly. Yeah. Then in the kingdom of Cochinchina, China, Co-Chin China, I don't know, southern Vietnam is where it's at now, criminals were tied to a stake while an elephant would charge into them and just crush them. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness.
0: So while these executions happened, there was always, uh, they always had a keeper riding on the elephant, kind of telling it what to do Uh-oh. and giving the elephant orders. Uh, some monarchs adopted this form of execution for their own entertainment. It sounds like, this sounds like a real Game of Thrones type thing yeah, to be doing, it does. doesn't it? It does. Are th- there's no elephants in Game of Thrones ever, is there?
1: Mm, no, I don't think there is. I don't, I don't think there is either. I thought there was in the book, but I don't think they ever did put it in the... Yeah, I don't recall. Probably it. didn't have the budget. I don't know. <laughs> They've got the budget, <laughs> believe me.
0: Their new episodes are like $15 a apiece. Wow. Yeah. So they could fit an elephant in if they Jeez. wanted. Anyway, um, some... uh, or Sorry. So I have a quote from an eyewitness account of one such execution. And this execution was held in public for everyone to see. The execution was inde- intended to be gruesome on purpose. And this happened in the city of Baroda in, 18, eight, in 1814. So this is a quote. I'm going to just read it, okay? The man was a slave and two days before had murdered his master. The elephant was brought out with the driver on his back, surrounded by natives with bamboos in their hands. I guess, like, I think of, like, kendo sticks. Oh, okay. Uh, The criminal was placed behind the elephant on the ground, tied tied his legs by three ropes, which were fastened by a ring on the elephant's right hind leg. Every step the elephant took jerked the man forward till his limbs were dislocated. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're dislocated and broken. Ugh. After a while, the man, who's still alive, must be going through excruciating pain. After having been tortured in this manner for about an hour... Jeez. He was taken to the outside of town, where the elephant was instructed to put its foot on the head of the criminal and crush it. Jeez. So, that's... Uh, what they did uh, execution by elephant is kind of cruel and unusual punishment but they they did it back then sometimes they had the elephants crush one limb at a time to prolong the suffering can you imagine that just crush a leg crush an arm crush another leg crush your other arm
1: and then leave you for a while and then finally crush your head that's crazy you know it's funny britain abolished that one yet uh Europe was deep in those weird contraptions of let's stretch yeah. your limbs until they break. Well, that was more medieval. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, did this back true. in medieval times. That's true. I, I mean, guess we were all just morbid back then, dude. We, it was a it was our teenage were. phase of uh, of dude. humanity, I guess. Yeah, you know? they were
0: everybody was morbid no. back then. Like, there's lots of different types of execution. I mean, a guillotine is a nice execution compared to this. Yeah, that's true. You think about or quick. Firing squad—that's a good way to go. Yeah. That's quick and easy. This isn't unless it's crushing your head right off the bat, then it's not quick and easy. But if it's breaking all your limbs and dislocating them, th- tossing yeah. you up in the air—that's not a good way to go. I no. would not choose that. Choose that way. Uh, and sometimes they would even have an elephant pull off limbs.
1: Oh man!
0: Can you imagine? I mean, elephants are oh. definitely strong enough to do oh, that. Yeah. But like, I just—can you think? Uh, just thinking about it, it makes oh. you. Mm, but uh, a pretty messed up way of execution, to say the least. Yeah. And in, uh, in some areas, the condemned, the people, the prisoners or whatever, were able to be subjected to what is known as trial by ordeal. And uh, so convicts were thrown into the elephant pit. And if they could fend off and survive the attacks by the elephant, they were granted release and could leave with their lives. Mm-hmm. I imagine that'd be pretty difficult, but maybe it, yeah. maybe it happened once or twice. But yeah, execution by elephant was used much more commonly than anyone would expect. Wow, it's kind of cool,
1: right? Yeah, uh, it is yeah, kind of cool, but at the same it's, time, it's, it's so really bad it's the training the elephants for that. You know, <clears throat> yeah, elephants are, you know, they try to be a nice creature, but I don't know. That's like training dolphins to kill people. You know. <laughs> Yeah, we all know dolphins as being nice to us you know yeah I mean elephants are one of the animals that we oh we we love elephants
0: because they're really cute yeah. right? and they they're really smart and we just can associate with them you know yeah. what I mean but they can also be even in the wild they can also be scary monsters they yeah. they do kill a lot more people than you would think in, oh. in the wild in India and Africa and we will cover that sometime
1: okay but
0: yeah I love elephants they're awesome yeah. So next, I uh, I brought up Jake Roberts earlier and I got a, I got a couple stories I want to share with about him and his snake. Okay. Uh, so for those who you don't know, Jake the Snake Roberts, he was a famous pro wrestler back in the 80s and 90s. Do you remember him? Yeah. You remember him? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he he had a real I've done some, I've, there's other, he's been on, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast recent and recently, and then there's been other stuff about him come out and he had a messed up childhood. Oh really? Yeah. I'm not going to go get into all of that backstory and all, but it was messed up. And then he had a really bad drug and alcohol problem, like really, really bad. Well, wrestler didn't. Yeah. Back then that's actually kind of true back not now things are different now Hmm. but back then that's what it was like for a lot of these guys traveling constantly and yeah Yeah. taking pain pills to get rid of the pain and then drinking to help it as well it's just that's just how it was but um he's he is doing better nowadays um ddp you know that diamond doll's page has helped him out with all that i'm getting in a little too far (laughs) this is not necessary for the story but uh Anyway, Jake is uh he's a Hall of Famer now, WWE Hall of Famer. Hmm. And okay, I do want to talk a little bit about him. So, okay. uh in in Jake's prime, he he was really amazing. He was he was normally a bad guy and he yeah. was an excellent bad guy. And he didn't have a stereotypical look or stereotypical body of a wrestler back then. I always mixed him up with Jesse
1: Ventura. To me, they kind of look the same. They both yeah. had that mustache.
0: Ventura yeah, they, they, he did have a mustache. Ventura was a little bit before I I don't know that much about Ventura, but, um, he, yeah, Jake didn't, he was a big guy for sure, but he didn't have like a Hulk Hogan bit or ultimate warrior build. Like the muscles weren't there, but he, he, so he was different is what I'm trying to say. He Mm -hmm. was different. And he did these really like dark promos and he talked, he talked very light spoken, but it drew you in, you know what I mean? It talked Mm -hmm. dark. And so you had to like put your ear closer to the stereo and, that's what it felt like. And he 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 was like a big in psychology. I oh okay. It. And uh yeah, his character was big into psychology. And he also invented the move which uh known as the D D T. Oh okay. You know what that is? Yeah, that's where you underhook the head and then just slam it down. Yeah, uh, he invented that, and I mean it's oh. used. It's used nowadays. They use like flips and they flip each other and then DDT each other now. Okay. but this was the this was the original, and it's like listed as the greatest wrestling move of all time in some oh, people's really? books. Yeah, it's just so simple. Hmm. I mean, you did that in a, if you did that in a street fight, it would work the exact same. You yeah. know what I mean. All right, but I could talk about, (laughs) I could talk forever about him and wrestling, but uh, let's get into more about what I'm going to talk about. So he was probably most famous for carrying around a python with him to the ring. You remember that? Yeah. And it's funny because, it's funny he did this because he was actually quite afraid of snakes. (laughs) But he had to learn how to handle them. And a lot of Jake's storylines revolved around his Burmese python that was named Damien. Oh, yeah? yeah. And he would throw Damien on top of his opponents. <laughs> oh. right after He would like DDT him and pin him and whatever. And then he'd put the snake on him. And nice. people's reactions were crazy. Like the audience would goes crazy. It went crazy over him. And he even, um, he had a feud with Andre the Giant. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a big feud with Andre, the giant. And, he, and Andre was very afraid of snakes. Oh. And they, it took a lot of convincing for um, Jake to be able to throw the snake on Andre. Oh, wow. Uh, and you, you're a big Andre guy. Yeah. Huh? There's a lot of stories about Andre that I've found out. Uh, like, Andre could pound like f- 100 beers in one night yeah he I've heard
1: some of those it's crazy and one
0: thing he would do is all right I know this doesn't relate but a quick sidebar Andre would sometimes uh, when it, when he was in the ring if he didn't really like a guy he would fart on their head <laughs> in the ring and there was nothing that anybody could do about it and Andre was just would just laugh. And can you imagine that coming out of him? So oh, man. there's That's there's crazy. so many good Andre the Giant stories. <laughs> uh, Speaking of Andre the Giant, you
1: gotta watch Princess Bride. Uh, He's in it. I I have seen parts of it, but I know you're on this. Console. I have given you so many reasons to watch that movie. Okay. And you still have not yet watched it.
0: Uh, I'll watch it sometime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um and while traveling, uh Okay, but yeah, let me get to the let me get to these okay. stories that I keep going off on. All right, when traveling, uh, Jake would travel with Damien, but he there was that he actually used um, several different snakes, so they were kind of interchangeable. Okay, but that
1: one one's on, so yeah, yeah and, you're not coming out.
0: Well, yeah, he would um, he would get a new one, and then he wouldn't have to feed it for a couple months because they they don't need to be fed oh, for a couple okay. of months. So and he didn't want to he like he didn't want to have anything to do with it really and then the the snakes would spend the they he had to travel with it like carry it around with him and the snakes he would leave them in the bathtub and put some water down in there like in his hotel room oh my goodness he he, he said a couple in in his interview on Joe Rogan he's saying that it, he wasn't able to get laid because of the because of the <laughs> snake <laughs> <laughs> the, the women found a s that the snake was in the room and they didn't want any part of it that's funny <laughs> But uh, okay, Python
1: was a cock blocker. <laughs> <laughs> <It was. laughs> All
0: right, but uh, one time to the story now. One time, Jake was traveling and at the airport, and he would so what they would he put um, the snake in a locked trunk, and in this trunk the snake is wrapped up in blankets and in also inside of a bag so it doesn't get cold because it gets oh, cold okay. on those flights. And Jake is hurrying through the airport trying to make his flight, and he keeps hearing his name being called over the intercom, telling him to report to report in for something. And, but Jake thinks that this is a rib, and that's a wrestling term. That's what they call pranks. <laughs> and so he kind of ignores it. And then when he gets to the gate, security is like, there he is. <laughs> they walk. They walk him over to the window overlooking the, term, the tarmac. And security asks, "Is that yours?" <laughs> Jake looks out and sees a pissed off python loose on the tarmac, <laughs> with like eight guys surrounding it. <laughs> and security says that he needs to go down there and take care of it. Jake says, "I don't think so." <laughs> <laughs>
1: The that, j- that ought to serve. The, I'll bet it was a worker going like, "Hey, wonder what's in here? Something probably that's, pretty good." Yeah. So, Do you know how many things get stolen in airports because of that? Possibly. Yeah. I'll bet that's what happened. He opens up, oh, well, um, and is, now it's loose. This was like in
0: '91. This is this in the late '80s, early '90s. So there, the security there is
1: not yeah. nearly as good. I mean, how else would it get out? Is this, well, yeah. Somehow so, it unlatches. That's what, he, that's, what he meant, that's
0: what he. Goes ta- that's what he's going to say next. Uh, Jake said. Uh, The snake isn't Houdini. It was in a locked box. So someone had to open the box. Then someone had to unwrap the sack uh, to let him out. Jake says he's not doing it. (laughs) And he (laughs) doesn't. So security gets, uh, gets on the walkie and tells someone to get it. And then a an, uh, guy tells another guy to get it. Then a n- guy tells another guy to get it <laughs> until somebody finally, I don't know how, but somebody actually gets it and secured somehow. <laughs> uh, there is uh, one story I heard of another time he, <laughs> one of his snakes, I don't know if they didn't cover it up enough, but it was frozen solid after a flight. Oh, no. <laughs> like, did it get it? Did it come it, back to life? Did no, it died. Out? It oh, died. Oh, that's too bad. And then there, uh, uh, one, okay. One more thing. And this one, I'm gonna do one more Jake story. This, okay. uh, you, and you, you've probably, if you've watched wrestling at all, you've, it's a good chance you've probably seen this. It's pretty famous and it's an iconic thing. Uh, this is the famous time Jake uses a Cobra on Macho Man Randy Savage. What? You don't remember this? No. Ah, I should have showed you a video before we did this, but oh. I'll show it to you after, uh, so at this time, Jake is like a mega heel bad guy, and Savage is like a mega baby babyface good guy. I think this is in, uh, this happens on a Saturday night Saturday main event and appeared in the morning. So a lot of like children watched this happen. Oh. And it, it it's, it's it's like scarred a bunch of children. And they still oh, really? talk about it today. Yeah, it was in it was in ninety one, I think. Hmm. So what happens, Jake... Um, so, in the ring, this is the stuff they plan out. So, Jake eggs Savage to get into the ring with him after Jake just had a match and won. Uh, Savage takes the bait. They get into a fight, and Jake ties Savage to the ropes, like, hooks his arms in between the bottom and the middle rope. Uh-huh. So, Savage is pretty much trapped, and Jake grabs a sack and pulls out a cobra... This time, not a python, a cobra. Oh, my goodness. And it's a big cobra. It really is a big cobra. And Jake uh, lines up the cobra and puts it up to Savage, and the snake bites him on the arm while he's behind, yeah, it oh le- legit goodness. bites him, too. And the announcers go crazy, and so does the audience. So like, oh, it's a venomous snake. Well, they say poisonous, and they're wrong, but... <laughs> I'm like, it's a venomous snake, oh. And the snake the snake actually, in legit, won't let go. Oh, my goodness. And Jake literally has to grab and pry open its mouth. Wow. Uh, then the officials, and then you see uh, Miss Elizabeth and Roddy, Rowdy Piper uh, come to help out Savage. I mean, we all know it's it's staged, obviously, but they uh, they rush Savage to the back. And, but my favorite part is the cameraman picks up people in the in the audience. They picks up their their faces while this is going on, and you see people's reactions and people's nice. like, like back then they thought this stuff was real, uh-huh. you know. And it picked up this one kid, this one little boy, and his face is like he puts it right in his dad's shoulder because he <laughs> couldn't watch it anymore. Wow. <laughs> All right, but the the best part of this story is before before this happens, on backstage stuff. So Savage pulls Jake to the side backstage, and they go over what they're gonna do. And Savage asks uh, if the snake has been fixed or devenomized. Um, Jake is like, yeah, well, yeah, of course it has been. But Savage doesn't believe him. <laughs> Jake, uh, or Savage, tells Jake that Cobra has to bite him first. <laughs> so they're backstage. Uh, Jake is like, "What?" And Savage tells him that he won't, he won't do it unless it, uh, the snake will bite Jake first. Jake is like, w- "Where do you want it to bite me? On my dick?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, in uh, in uh, Macho Man no 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 brother the leg is fine <laughs> that wasn't bad yeah it's pretty easy Randy Savage is pretty easy impression yeah. to Doom but uh, so Jake does it he pulls you know, pulls his pant leg down on the cobra uh, and puts the cobra right up to his leg and it bites him and he was saying um, how much it hurt like it's one thing to be out there in the middle during during the uh-huh. whole process and be kind of jacked up and you know you're yeah. adrenaline rushing he said it hurt like hell when you just let it bite him uh I, once it's done savage is like so stay here brother don't take any antidote don't don't take no elixir and he makes him stay there <laughs> for 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 quite for like 10 15 minutes and and he watches him the whole thing he's like uh then says okay we can do this thing brother nice <laughs> but, yeah sometimes the backstage stuff is more fun than the actual show <laughs> yeah. And there's even, but yeah, that's that's the story on how that whole thing happened. And then there's uh, there's one, uh, there are there's lots of Jake the Snake Roberts stories and his snake stories. Mm-hmm. There's like one time uh, Jake was messing around backstage with the snake, and Roddy Piper pulled a gun on him and told him to get that snake out of his face. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of fun, huh? Wrestling yeah. was wild back then. It was. Uh, so. All right, that's enough of Jake. Pulls a gun out. Pulls a gun out because Roddy Piper was deathly afraid of snakes. a lot of these guys were afraid of snakes. Well, snakes can be scary. Like, I don't want a snake
1: thrown on me. Yeah, it was back in the 80s, you know, the movies made him horrible, you know? Snakes well,
0: were the worst things. Snakes, they're a bit, you know, they they freak people out. Yeah, but uh, just, I just thought that was kind of fun stuff to mention. Yeah, all right,
1: that's crazy. So did it ever constrict anybody? No, I never constricted oh, anybody. Okay.
0: But he he went through a couple of them because some of them might have died. Oh, but, uh, he I don't. We, I'm not going to go anymore because. Uh, but let's 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 see what you have for
1: us. Oh, okay. This episode, Dave. Okay, yeah. So I've got more of, uh, these are horrible ways to die, okay? Okay. So I threw in one, uh, it's mainly animal, but there's one. That's fine. Might be kind of neat to describe as heat stroke. Heat stroke. Yeah. In fact, I'll just start with that one. Yeah. All right. This is, it's a horrible way to die. And this will kind of explain what happens to your body during each temperature, okay? So if your body temperature hits 101 degrees, you know, you hit that when you're sick, it doesn't feel good. No. Uh, So, you know, never mind that the air temperature is way too hot because you'll be outside Mm -hmm. if you're getting heat stroke. If you reach the top of the pass, you know, you'll, you'll win. But yet at 102, then each powerful downstroke, let's say you're biking. This is from biking. Okay. Each powerful downstroke of your pedals, your core temperature climbs a tiny fraction of a degree. And you've entered the fever of exercise zone, which is between 100 and 105. Okay. And that's trained athletes to endure it. Athletes have trained themselves to endure it. They can do it, but um, for us, we, but, we, would, we wouldn't want to. No, yeah, yeah,
0: you gotta be really in good shape.
1: So, in 103, every nine seconds, each of your two million sweat glands squirts a drop of moisture through a pore, then recharges. And without the cooling mechanism of your sweat, at that pace, your body temperature is gonna rise 0.9 degrees every minute, and you'll reach heat stroke range within 12 minutes. Mm. At 104 degrees, the road steepens, you stand on your pedals, painful knots form in your biceps, you start to get heat your muscles will get heat cramps. Okay, it's it's that's because of your sweat out so much sodium. Right. Sodium is the electric uh no, we'll get It <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't matter. That. Okay, yeah. anyway. So um, so your heart's pounding and it's trying to, to keep but it can't keep all, uh, your veins, your arteries can't keep circulating what it needs to stay cool so and it will start to lack and you won't have enough pressure for it either so your blood flow will slacken and your vision starts to get fuzzy right. at 105 you begin to hallucinate wow yeah you'll start getting pains in your body and just and uh, you'll start you know if you were still on your bike you'd veer off and you you tumble down you know and you'll start yeah, to if go you're black on your bike, yeah yeah at 106 you'd be lying unconscious suffering heat stroke your cellular metabolic rate, which is how fast your, your cells turn fuel into energy, it accelerates. Your meta- metabolism is occurring more than 50 percent faster than at normal temperatures. Your body's literally cooking itself from within. Hmm. At 107, yeah, at 107, you're vomiting repeatedly, uh, and your sphincter re- uh, releases. So <laughs> 109, you, you start to just have seizures all over your muscles. And 110 to 113, mitochondria and cellular proteins dissolve. Your heart and your lungs start to hemorrhage. Blood coagulates in your veins. Heat damages your li- liver, kidneys, and brain. That's a lot of things. Yeah, and perforates your intestinal wall. Toxins emitted by spent digest- by digestive bacteria now escape into your bloodstream. And this triggers septic shock, and your heart will stop. That's it. Boom. So... Yeah, don't get your heat up that much. So yeah. if you think about it, I remember, you know, when we'd get sick and your body temperatures rise and they're like, oh, 103, you got to go in. It's like, as a kid, I never understood it because I was like, man, I've been at 110 temperature and I'm fine. But but it's the body temperature that makes a difference. Because even though you're, you're in 110, your body can cool itself right. down below that. But if it can't, yeah, it's, yeah it, it causes problems. So, yeah, that's why they say at hundred was 103. They're like, you might need to go to the hospital. 105, definitely get to the hospital. Because remember what it said at 105? That's when you can start to hallucinate. Hallucinate, yeah. Yeah. And then f- from there, it's just, it's it's bad. Yeah. Okay. So.
0: And you don't need to be biking for that to happen. No, you could do it. It could be anything. Anywhere.
1: It's it's horrible. Yeah. It's but yeah, exercising will increase your core temperature. So if you're exercising outside in the heat, boom. That's when I see. That's when it usually hits. I mean, that's. I mean, that's it could just have when you're it always outside. You can just yeah, but you can just,
0: yeah, just have it happen when you're outside if you're in too hot a weather and you're not. Yeah,
1: you can. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, if you're not used to it, you, you kind of have to acclimate yourself. We we get used to going to baseball games all the time because our kid plays ball. We took our cousin, our nephews one time. They're not used to being outside like that. We took him to the game, you know, it was in the, you know, early summer. And man, he, you we were at, he, he had a double, you know, Kate had a double header. So it was four hours out there. Yeah, by the end, he was feeling like throwing up. And we're like, oh, okay, sorry. You know, we. Threw him in the car, turn the AC on, you know, cool him down. I had that but...
0: happen to me when I was umpiring before. Oh really?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wearing all that heavy heavy gear, equipment? and I was in Mesquite,
0: so it's in oh, near gee. Vegas, so it's yeah. hot as hell there. And so I, I I've had that. This I didn't get to the hallucinogen thing. Okay. <laughs> I, otherwise, I'd be like, maybe you, maybe you did. Maybe That's why I did. They were arguing with you. <laughs> that wasn't a strike.
1: <laughs> oh maybe. man. All right. What else you got? That's for crazy. Us? Okay. So yeah, this this started off a little easy, being mauled by a bear. Yeah, we we've talked about this before. Yeah, so you know, being a bear attacks are, are rare, but they kill an you know killing an average of two people per year. So, but anyway, let's say one starts to attack you, and uh, hypothetically, you know, you kind of try to run inside, thinking you can run inside a log cabin and be safe. A minute later, the animal smashes through a window, a determined scowl and its ugly mug. <laughs> Banging pots and pans together, to no avail, you retreat back to the bedroom. <laughs>
0: like, what-if scenarios? Yeah.
1: Okay. Ordinarily, the bear will flee, but today, he follows. <laughs> he hits you in the shoulder with a powerful shot, sending you to the floor. Holding you down with his paws, the Bruin begins scalping you with his front teeth. You hear chipping away as you're, at your skull, and pain sends your nerves on fire. In a desperate attempt to fight the animal off, you roll over on your back, exposing your throat... And the bear bites down. That's it. That's all you need.
0: <laughs> well, we've talked about it before, bears will eat you alive.
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that kind of created a vivid thing when you're scraping me. your skull, you know. Mm-hmm. I wonder if so you, that happens, you'd be like, oh, it's like a chalkboard. Stop, stop, stop. I can't take it. <laughs> While he's killing you. Anyway. So, another way um, to go. We'll skip that one. This is poisoned by a blue ringed octopus.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, they're they're very poisonous. Venomous. The they have a toxin. Toxin. Is it poison or venom? Uh, it would be a. Well... Do they inject See, it? It's it's not ejected. It's a bite. Well, but they don't have the, like they don't have fangs and they don't sting. I know, I so don't... I guess it would be poisoned. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, let's say let's say you pull one from the water. And it starts to change color, developing a set of blue rings. When you drop it back in the ocean, you notice a dot of blood on your hand. You didn't even feel the bite. Okay, um, so like I said, there's no fangs or a sting, but you've been bitten by a blue ringed octopus, and the neurotoxin, which is tetrodotoxin. Tetro oh, dot. Yeah, don't. Sorry, I'm doing a math. Pulling me. <laughs> tetrodotoxin. 10,000 times more toxic than cyanide was injected five millimeters deep into the skin and it's making its way through your body. Within minutes, your mouth goes dry and soon after your face and your tongue go numb. It reminds you of the time you tasted fugu, you know, and you lose the ability to speak and it becomes pretty impossible to walk even. (laughs) I wouldn't know either. Anyway, so Uh, This is your girlfriend. She'll call you for an ambulance after you collapse, but you remain unconscious. You remain conscious as the toxin causes total body paralysis. So the paramedics will place you on your side to prevent you from choking on your own vomit, but they don't know what else to do. Okay. 15 minutes after being bitten, the muscles uh, responsible for breathing are then paralyzed. So then you slip into unconsciousness, heart stops beating, and then asphyxia sets in.
0: Yeah. That sounds terrible as well. Oh, yeah.
1: 15 minutes after being bitten by one of We might have to do an episode on them. Cool. I know. I don't hear, you don't hear much about those, Mm. but it sounds dangerous. So here's another crazy one. A sea snail. Sea snail? Yeah. Poisoning by a sea snail. So let's say you scoop, you go down, you scoop up a seashell that's sitting on the shore. (laughs) (laughs) You know, almost immediately you suffer an intense pain in your right leg and an immediate shortness of breath. You figure one of the shells must have rubbed your leg wrong the wrong way, so you dump it back out and continue walking. As you head back to your tent, which you were camping on the beach, <laughs> um, your walking becomes labored. Your right leg has gone numb. Concerned, you pull up your shorts a little and notice a tiny mark that looks something like a bee sting. Hmm. Fifteen minutes after the snail harpooned a lethal mixture of more than six peptides into your body, you develop a severe headache. Your right leg continues to swell, so you pop an aspirin for the pain and waddle over to the communal fire. Soon you begin vomiting. With your appetite gone, you limp back to your own tent. Your speech starts to slur. You know, not that you're with anyone, but (laughs) then paralysis starts to set in. The snail's venom blocks calcium and sodium channels in your central nervous system, leading to paralysis. So... Let's say someone comes, a concerned friend comes and checks on you in the morning. They'll just find your face covered in vomit. Vomit. Most likely you're dead. So yeah. it's crazy.
0: That's another, yeah, venom. That's venom because it was injected.
1: That's true. Yeah, harpoon. So you want to hear death by bees? What death by bees would be like? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you'll start as an d- indistinct hum, you know. And uh, let's say you're, ro- you're climbing, you know, and you start to hear that hum. Yeah, you kind of ignore the buzzing in your ears, but then all of a sudden you feel a pinprick on your thumb. And you, so you look up and then you realize there's a beehive right above you. <laughs> that sounds terrible. You, you didn't sucked. notice because you were drunk, I guess. I yeah, don't know, probably. <laughs> the first few pinpricks don't really endanger you because you're not allergic, you know. But they've sealed your fate because then each sting is accompanied by an alarm pheromone that smells vaguely like bananas and sends the hive of bees into yeah. a defensive frenzy. So the bees begin pouring out of the hive, and they sting every inch of your body, but seem particularly drawn to your head and your neck, areas of high vascular system.
0: Yeah, they do so, go for your your face. Yeah, and your I've, head.
1: I've noticed wasps try. To, they actually they try to your, go for the eyes. I, yeah, I swear they do. Yeah, but I get on the lips a lot too, which is yeah, you know, the eyes it could be lips. because of it's the uh, nose. And you know, your lips show your your vascular system maybe. pretty well. The, maybe the color. Maybe the know. way they see. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Or the heat from your mouth, your know. breath, you Maybe. know. Yeah. So anyway, fighting, you're swatting them away. You swallow a fistful of the bees, <laughs> which proceed to sting down the inside of your throat. Hmm. I don't know if you'd go this uh-huh. far, but <laughs> so your friend takes you down to safety, but you're covered in a thousand stings. The human lethal dose for honeybees, honeybee stings, is estimated to be between 500 to 12,000, 1,200 stings. Five, so 500, 500 to 1,200 could could potentially could kill you. you. Yeah, it's lethal for humans. If you receive, if you receive medical care. Um, off the cliff, you begin to vomit and you start suffering from diarrhea and incons- inc- 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 incontinence. But your friends help you to the trailhead where paramedics take you to the hospital. A few days later, you're released from the hospital in good spirits. Unbeknownst to you or inexperienced doctors, you'll be dead by the end of the week. Proteins in the venom are dissolving blood cells and muscle tissue, releasing debris. As the debris accumulates, your kidneys become clogged. You you begin to experience renal failure. Two days later, you're back in the hospital and die before doctors can begin dialysis. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I I was. I didn't know that. I was curious on the the amount of bee stings that you need to have. That's that was my biggest takeaway. But that sounds terrible
1: as well. Yeah, but even then, yeah, even getting treated. And then there's then the second effect from it all. Yeah. Happened. That's crazy. Oh. So the last last one. This one's a little different. It's pretty unusual too. How's that? Okay. This one's killed by a beaver. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is this um, is this a story? No, it's just okay. It's just hypothetical as the other ones. So this beaver pond looks so inviting. <laughs> With temperatures hovering around 90 degrees, you decide to go for a quick dip after a long hike. You're swimming back to shore when searing pain courses up from your ankle to your thigh. Your right leg dangles uselessly as you flail helplessly in the shallow water. Clawing your way through a slimy growth of algae, you manage to limp onto the beach. As you drag yourself from the water, you see a thick ribbon of red trailing back to the pond. Blood streams from your lower legs as you dial 911 with shaky fingers on your cell phone left among your belongings. You never see the aquatic culprit, a fiercely territorial rodent with powerful jaws, capable of felling a three-foot-wide tree. By the time the medics arrive on the scene, you've bled to death from a severed artery and a torn Achilles tendon. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So, that one's pretty far-fetched. Yeah. But... It How as far
0: fetched as you think? Because there, I, oh, really? I do know of a story. It's I, interesting. I don't have it for this episode, but we will have that one. Yeah. I mean, if you
1: think about it. Yeah, they they, they're, they're powerful. Oh, dude, that bite is. And if they hit powerful. you in the right area, that could happen. It'd definitely
0: sever an artery yeah. for sure. Well, Dave, thank you for explaining a bunch of crazy ways we can die. Yeah. Help so everybody. good night.
1: <laughs> this is your bedtime story. <laughs>
0: But yeah, thank you, Dave. That was good.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, so I've got another bizarre story I want to share. Uh, this happens in February twenty twelve in Ocala I don't O'Kula, Florida. You know, who who would have thunk a bizarre story from Florida? Yeah, I don't know. The why king, why the, would that happen? The there? king of bizarre stories is Florida. But let's meet <laughs> a woman, Erica Marshall. She's twenty eight, and she was recently married just a few months ago. Erica works with horses, kind of a vet, I guess, but kind of strictly works on horses. Like, hmm. and she works on horses in a hyperbolic chamber. Huh. A hyperbolic chamber is a sealed chamber, and it's ex- which is exposed to high levels of oxygen, and oxygen is. Uh, forced into the blood and other body parts. And I guess this helps destroy bad bacteria and help heal injuries. Is that, do you know yeah. anything about
1: it? Must be, must be racing horses. Yeah. Or I, they I treat them like kings. They you know? really do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So only a racing horse, I guess, will be treated like Michael Jackson, I guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, there's, there, and there's a lot more to a hyperbolic chamber, but that's all we're going to say. So Erica is really good at this and she landed a job in. Florida there. And she is going to treat a horse in a hyperbolic chamber, a horse. She has actually treated, uh, four times pre on previous occasions. So they didn't, she didn't feel the need to sedate the horse. She hasn't before. And she is in here with an assistant as well named Sorcha. Uh, so both women are working on this horse in the chamber when something goes very wrong. Hmm. And I guess what happened was the horse began kicking, and it eventually it kicked th- through um, the padding inside the chamber uh, to the outside metal wall. Huh. And as its metal shoe, the horse, the horse's shoe, uh, it scraped along the wall, and this created a spark, which ignited. The pure oxygen room causing a big explosion. Oh, my goodness. This explosion was heard over 30 miles away. Wow. In the explosion, the horse and Erica both die. Oh, my goodness. I guess uh, once there was, I guess uh, flames started happening first, and Sorcha, she left to call the fire department or whatever
1: uh-huh. and
0: Erica stayed at the that con- the controls trying to normalize the pressure oh Sorsha was around but well, she was about 20 feet away when the explosion happened and she was hurt in the explosion as well but she survived oh
1: wow isn't
0: that just a crazy freak accident that is Her shoe the shoe of a horse ignites a fire and kills Jeez. kills a person Wow yeah. Oh, All right, man. well, I got another crazy story. Okay. Another crazy death story. Okay. Uh, let's go to July 2013, and we go to Cara Caratinga in southeast Brazil. And we meet a man uh, named, well, we're just going to call him D'Souza, because I have no chance on his first <laughs> name. Uh, he is 45. One night, he and his wife were just sleeping in their bed, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. When all of a sudden, a very large cow falls through the roof and falls (laughs) on top of D'Souza.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yep. And how does a cow get on a roof? I don't really know. But apparently the cow is grazing in a hill behind the house. Maybe the hill connects to the roof somehow and then you just easily walk on. I don't know. Oh, wow. Where was this at again? In Brazil. Oh. So uh, his wife was totally unharmed. The cow was ultimately fine too, and <laughs> D'Souza had a fractured leg and was conscious when rescuers arrived, and they they thought he was going to turn out to be okay, and he was talking normally, but hours later, while waiting to be seen by a doctor, D'Souza dies from internal bleeding. Oh, his family says. It wasn't the cow that killed him. He died because he had to wait too long to see a doctor.
1: Oh. His brother said... That sa- could be an Intermountain Healthcare commercial.
0: <laughs> <laughs> His brother says, uh, and I quote, Being crushed by a cow in your bed is the last way you expect to leave this earth. But in my view, it wasn't the cow that killed my brother. It was the unacceptable time he spent waiting to be examined. Oh, jeez. Ain't that the uh, truth, brother. His uh, grieving mother, Maria, says, I didn't bring up my son to have him to be killed by a falling cow. <laughs> uh, you know, That's I don't think crazy. any mother did, No. <laughs>
1: wow. Uh,
0: and this is actually the th- <laughs> <laughs> the third incident in the area w- within the last three years. And But uh, luckily... <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I just keep thinking of... Honey... Honey, wake up. What is it? There's something on the roof. It was probably just a raccoon. <laughs> 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 and a, a, a two or 3,000 pound cow comes crawling in. <laughs> oh, man. That uh, is sad, though. That it...
0: Yeah. And then but there were oh. other incidences, but um, this was the only one that resulted in a person being killed. Uh, Falling cows, not something you'd think you'd have to look out for. No. <laughs>
1: Gee, that's crazy.
0: So I've got one last story for us this week. And I've been sitting on this story for a while, but I just haven't had a place to put it in our show until now. For the story, we are going to Norway. I don't think we've had a story from Norway yet. Hmm. This might be our first Hmm. one. But this happens in August 2016. Uh, It happens... On a mountain plateau in southern Norway, not too far from Oslo, the capital, this area is also uh, um, uh, has a heavy tourist and a lot of tourists and hikers go there. But during this time in August, thousands of reindeer migrate through this area. Uh, I think I said this once before, but reindeer, so reindeer and caribou, they're the exact same. Mm hmm. I think I've said that before, but they just the exact same thing, just in living in different areas and called different names. Mm. But one day, a large storm came rolling through, and during this storm, during storms, what herd animals, they, what they do is they like to huddle together in groups, mm-hmm. you know, try to keep warm and not feel get as yeah, yeah. just feel safe in general. So now we're gonna skip ahead. And a couple hunters who, they're not hunting, but they're trying to get a count for the upcoming season. They're just kind of scouting things, I guess, something like that. And what they find are 323 dead reindeer. Oh my goodness. Including 70 calves. The reindeer are all huddled up like they were during the storm. One guy says it's as if someone just turned off a switch and the reindeer just died where they stood. Huh. But what happened is all these reindeer died from a lightning strike. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. And I've got a bit more on what. Well, caused... they were they were holding hooves, and so they all get it, kind of a thing. <laughs> no, I'm gonna explain that. Okay. But yeah, so that's what happened. That's 323 reindeer. So. Uh, When animals are in groups, um, most are killed by the ground current. What's the ground current? I got a little bit. First, there's a direct strike Uh that will say that hit the ground nearby. Then the energy spreads along the ground surface, and anything near that lightning strike will absorb it and will be shocked. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, so lightning... Go, actually goes up one leg and down the other. Animals oh. are more vulnerable um, to this because their legs are spread out more than humans. So the ground currents travel more easily in their bodies. And it didn't matter if they were touching or, or holding hooves. It didn't matter at all. It mattered how close the reindeer were uh, to the actual lightning strike. Huh. So ground currents are the thing that's responsible for the most lightning-related uh, deaths and injuries Crazy. for people and animals. So what happens is the electricity goes through the body, it passes through the nervous system, and the nerves, the uh, The deadly part is that it stops the heart. Oh. That's why it looked like someone flipped a switch and the lightning stopped, because, because the lightning stopped their hearts and then they just die right there. Jeez. Uh, One question you might have is, how far can a ground current travel from the initial strike? And that depends on a lot of factors. But in this particular case, the reindeer seemed to have been in an area that was 50 to 80 meters. So that's 160 to about 260 feet, give or take, in diameter. So the reindeer all died because they were in a close proximity to each other. Isn't that insane? It must have
1: hit in the middle of them or something. No,
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't, crazy.
0: It, it really is. It, maybe it did hit in the middle of them. I mean, wow. I don't know. And wh- while it's hard to keep track, uh, there have been other reports of herds of animals being killed by lightning. But normally it's smaller herds, like 10 to 20, type of thing. Mm. But yeah, that's that's uh, pretty crazy that's pretty yeah. bizarre what a bizarre thing to happen and i also read that any animal can be struck by lightning we don't really think about that it's something yeah. you don't think about but i mean he, people get hit by people lightning too yeah and um there are but there's been reports of seals turkeys giraffes and elephants all being killed by lightning oh wow and it doesn't pick it just any anything can die from lightning that is crazy yeah But yeah, 323 wild reindeer killed by one lightning strike. Wow. I didn't know that that could actually happen. That is nuts. Uh, But you're going to like this. The largest herd of animals ever killed by lightning was back in 1918 when two large bolts of lightning struck and killed 654 sheep. Oh my goodness. The best part is where this happened. It happened in American Fork Canyon. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Oh, right here, goodness. right here in Utah, which is from where we are in Salt Lake. Uh, it's wow. less than an hour away from here. Oh my! Goodness. We could go
1: visit this site, Dave. That is crazy. <laughs> Six hundred and fifty four yeah, dead could. sheep. I'll bet that farmer lost everything in one shot. <laughs> oh, for that sure. That is nuts.
0: But uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's right next door, huh? Yeah. Uh, and now we have some, we have something to brag about. Yeah. Hey, does Salt Lake have any, or does Utah have any weird animal records? Of course we do. Most, most uh, animals killed in one
1: lightning strike. 654 (laughs) to be precise. So we got that going for us. Yeah, that's true. You know, I remember as a kid, lightning strikes were, used to be worse than they are. You know, they aren't as bad here in the Valley anymore. You get them in the mountains crazy. Yeah. But in the Valley, it's not as bad anymore. It, 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 when i was a kid they were strong but since we've settled so much i think we've changed maybe, the climate here a bit and I so it's not uh, as i don't know how it's it not as vicious because yeah we used to be out you'd see them coming over the lake and yeah. they I mean, were we still see hit hard it, maybe it's not
0: as much i don't know but anyway dave uh those are our bizarre animal stories and that is going to wrap up the episode okay uh, I hope everyone enjoyed these stories. I'm a big fan of like uh, stories that are strange and like bizarre and weird. I, I just I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we may even do a part two sometime, because I'm positive there are more stories like this out there. Oh yeah. All right. So for next week, unfortunately for me and the listeners, but fortunately for you, Dave. You are going on vacation. Yeah. and surprisingly, it's not to Disneyland.
1: Nope. It's <laughs> to alligator land. Yeah, tell tell everybody where you're going. <laughs> we're going to the Carolina, North Carolina flying into North Carolina and then go down to South Carolina. What part? Uh we're going to be at Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Yeah. I've never been there. Sounds yeah. nice though.
0: Um try to find a gator. Yeah. <laughs> to take oh, some pictures oh. of
1: gator for me. Oh, well, I'm not gonna put my toe in, I'll tell you that much, <laughs> you know. All right. But yeah. Well, so I to see if we do see one. I'll be looking. Look for like yeah. go out of your way and take a picture of
0: a gator, so we can at least post it on the All right. page. <laughs> but next week we are we are not going to have an episode next week. Uh, but the following week we will be back, and we will have another edition of recent animal stories and attacks that have happened in the last two months. And I have some I have some really good ones that I've found. Uh, I, these those episodes are always fun, the recent ones. Yeah. I mean, we've got a. A really strange one in a cassowary attack. Oh! That we're going to talk about, and then there was another um, poachers killed by elephants. I, th- I think that's what it was. Oh! So there's going to be some good stories in that week and or in two weeks. So we, we I might even try to do a bonus episode so we can put something out. Um, we'll see how it works. But as of now, the uh, the idea is that we're going to be off next week and then come right come right back, and uh, go go from there. But uh, Dave what if our listeners want to
1: help contribute what is something that they could do you can subscribe, rate, review, go to iTunes, any platform you'd like, wherever you listen to. And I did that backwards, didn't I? It's subscribe, okay. rate, review. All right, I'll take it from Just here. Just
0: please, See, review. Go, go to iTunes. Well, geez, we're not begging for it.
1: I mean, don't don't worry about it. We're too cool. Don't, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, what go else? to
0: iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. If or you can go to whatever platform you use. Give us a review there. Or you can even go to our Facebook page or Instagram page and say something there. It just really helps uh, it helps us get noticed. it's like I said, it's the lifeblood of a podcast or the review. So, please do that for us. It helps a lot. And also, if you want to be even more awesome, you can become a producer of the show and by giving a donation, we'd be more than wonderful. I worked really hard in putting this together and all the money's going to go right back to the podcast anyway. Your wife has accused me of stealing your children's notebooks, which I'm going to admit it might be a little uh, true. The evidence is right here. <laughs> I have been stealing your kids' notebooks, yes. So uh, yeah, I need to go buy more notebooks. <laughs> at least I admit
1: it. <laughs> and but, it's on the air.
0: But yeah, if you want to donate, you can you can do so on PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com. Or you could go to my personal account on Venmo, Matthew-Hamilton-51. It's all in the description below as well. Oh, I think I forgot to mention, I'm going to put a link in the in the description on Jake the Snake Roberts when he gets bit. Oh, okay, yeah. A, macho man gets bit by the cobra. It's pretty entertaining. And also remember, if you or someone you know has a cool animal-related story you'd like to share, maybe you can put it on the show. Uh, or if you just want to communicate with us, ask us a question, suggest an episode idea, feel free at any time to email us, or you can do it on Facebook as well. And also, do us a favor, recommend the show to family and friends, help build us up, tell them we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Stitcher, all the ones we need to be on. Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. All right. Well, enjoy your vacation. Thanks. Um, how about you,
1: Colonel Cheetor?
0: Hey, Dave, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. Your wife's coming, right?
1: You weren't. You were not coming, and you were not going with Dana. What? What's wrong with you? Uh, no, g third wheel or something, too. There's no way. Maybe, maybe he'll sneak on there
0: somehow. Mm. This is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye.